This is the New Oral Cultures podcast. My name is Dr Neil Fox. I'm joined by my colleagues Dr Darren Linares and Richard Berry who will be introducing themselves a little bit more uh, shortly. This is a podcast to accompany the book Podcasting New Oral Cultures and Digital Media of which the three of us were the editors and which was released by Palgrave in 2018. I think before we crack on I think we'll kind of make it less formal than that introduction suggests and kind of just have a little chat about who we are and what we're expecting today. So Richard, um, hello and it's good to talk to you in person finally after spending so long editing digitally. Hi yeah so um, I'm Richard Berry, I'm a senior lecturer in radio at the University of Sunderland. And I've been researching, writing about podcasting for oh, a long time now, since first thing came out in 2006, and so I've been tracking its development really ever since. Great, thank you. Hi, uh, I'm Dr. Dario Linares. Um, I'm a principal lecturer in contemporary screen media. And I came to podcasting pretty much at the same time as you, Neil, obviously, as the co-founders and co-hosts of the Cinematologist podcast. But I think that podcasting has actually provoked and inspired a new strand of research interest for me. I've kind of segued across to looking at podcasting, particularly in the context of media and cultural studies, and even more specifically in terms of sound communication and, and what the influences of that are within the sort of context of the digital age. Great, yeah. So just to uh, sort of round off, um, my name is Neil Fox. I'm a senior lecturer and course coordinator in film at uh, Falmouth University. And yeah, kind of started podcasting with you, Dario, in 2015, uh, which kind of came off the back of us becoming interested in podcasts and kind of wanting to do our own. And I think that where my research interests intersect with uh, the work we're doing here is, is kind of increasingly in uh, conversation I've realized which is kind of I'm interested in in kind of interview and conversation as a mode of kind of accessing information and knowledge um, of which obviously podcasting is a crucial modern component of that so thanks uh, to everyone who's listening thanks for joining us uh, thank you if you've picked up the book uh, we really really appreciate it and if uh, you haven't then hopefully this discussion will uh, sort of you know lead you that way what we're going to do today is kind of talk about not what's necessarily in the book but kind of why uh, why the book sort of came to be and uh, and kind of where we believe uh, podcasting is currently and and kind of what the, what the future might look like in terms of the medium itself and also kind of scholarship around it. So it'll be a kind of loose and informal chat about a variety of things. And I guess we'll kick off. Richard, you mentioned there in terms of your history of kind of working in you know sort of in radio studies and and podcasting. So if you could kind of kick us off and just let let us know why why you think a book on podcasting is is required and uh, you know why now i think it's kind of um really timely now what i've kind of observed i think is it started really as a very niche medium and there was certainly a lot of interest around podcasting when i started to write about it as this new kind of this new medium this new way of doing things that kind of circumvented a lot of a lot of the rules and I think I was interested in, in it in the same way that lots of practitioners were interested in it because it offered a different model and it was new and exciting and then it kind of calmed down a bit and it kind of almost seemed to disappear off to to the margins but really on the back of podcasts like Serial it became more and more of a, a mainstream thing and obviously 
once things start entering more mainstream and people start thinking about things and academic publishing cycles and all of that start kicking in, then more people start writing about it. And I think, you know, we've come at a point where there's an awful lot of interest. Obviously, our book um, is, is out. Um, there's another book on podcasting due from one of your colleagues, Dario, um, this year. And there's a book out on Night Vale. There have been books about Serial and others. So I think it, there is this now growing momentum of what we're calling in the book, um, and, and I've been sort of pushing for, for a couple of years or so, is around kind of this idea of podcast studies as something that is that is distinct because there is this kind of wealth of material that needs exploring, but also kind of this, this sense that this is something that, that needs exploring. And we went through a similar process with radio studies you know it was something that was very marginal and through work from people like uh, Peter Lewis it became more and more accepted and this is a thing and there are now radio conferences around the world radio studies um, strands within conferences like Mexa so I think podcasting is kind of starting to enter into that phase where it is more of a mainstream academic um, consideration you sort of mentioned there about kind of critical mass of, or a kind of burgeoning critical mass of, of kind of writing about podcasts, different podcasts. Um, and there certainly seems to be a kind of a huge, kind of almost an explosion in the last couple of years of, of, of podcasts. Do you think there's a consensus about what a podcast is now in terms of, at least in a kind of, you know, sort of layman's kind of everyday kind of understanding of what one is? I'd like to say yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, for me, Podcasts are audio files that are downloaded automatically through a subscription and that there's an ongoing relationship with with the audience. I think sometimes it becomes a shorthand for an MP3 file, something that you, that you download. But I think the people who write about it seriously, I think there is, a, there is an understanding. And I think what our book is a real fantastic indicator of is that actually it's a medium and a set of cultural practices that are becoming more and more distinct and you can box it off and say this is podcasting. So I, I think think there is some agreement. I think where the disagreement may fall is whether this is still radio. I've had arguments with seasoned academics about this who just go, well, it's, it's just radio, isn't it? And it's, well kind of but not really and I think you know you have to take cues from how other mediums have defined themselves when you start to take that on so I think we're getting there um, but I think you know it will always be uh, an area of great contention and discussion I think. One of the um, exciting things about doing the, the, the book was kind of seeing how how many of the contributors and, and kind of working with, with the two of you as well um, kind of made it apparent that what, what so many of us find interesting is kind of not what podcasting is but but what it could be and and kind of looking at examples and kind of areas where you know this nascent medium is being really pushed so Dario did you want to sort of talk about you know what we've done and kind of why we've done it like that yeah I, I think that the sorry I was just thinking about what I was going to say to what Richard was saying there that's a, that's a different question um well, no. Go, let's go for that. I mean, we've got the uh, we've got the opportunity to do that. Let's do that. Yeah, just to pick up on uh, Richard was saying there, I think that that 
that sort of link to radio is key. I mean, it's really interesting to me that the BBC has rebranded its kind of definition of what it does with sound content as BBC Sounds on its app. It doesn't no longer say BBC Radio and then you can download the podcast. So that's an interesting indicator of the way that podcasting is influence is beginning to influence radio at this sort of major structural level and i think you know i think richard's right there are radio studies people who just say this is just another form of radio and there are different elements to the definitions that we have to you know we have to sort of work through i think as academics who who are interested in kind of understanding what podcasting is so the the independence versus institutional aspect of podcasting, the notion of mobility in space and time, you know, how we listen. The listening process has, has actually redefined what it means to, to engage with audio content. And again, you know, that sense of liveness versus something that's pre-recorded. So the, the breaking of the broadcast flow. So there isn't like a top-down organization defining what you should listen to. And, and, and the way that the institutions like the BBC and big organizations have taken on these issues and, and spliced all of these things together is part of this need to work through what, what the definition of, of podcasting is. And I think that when, in terms of the book, we were really interested in, I mean, the call for papers wasn't defined by us in terms of we want a chapter on this, we want a chapter on that, because I think that there's so many people out there who are working on podcasts almost a little bit in isolation. And I think that the Richard's right to sort of call to call to attention the notion of what a podcast studies might be or could be in the, in the future because I don't think those per- parameters those those kind of contexts of of analysis have been have been set yet um and and just just as a an interesting aside we we do make we do make um we do highlight this in the book that it is almost counterintuitive to to have to write a book on podcasting and that's one of the one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast but we are you know, sound content, particularly in, in in higher education, is still beholden to to textuality as the the kind of guaranteed anchor of knowledge. And I, and I think that podcasting, for me anyway, offers a really interesting way into thinking about knowledge through sound, which perhaps has gone gone by the wayside since the arrival of the internet. So I think in general, the the book was you know inspired to be a tentative step into the possibility of what studying podcasts could be by pitching out there what people were doing and you know having that back and trying to stitch that trying to pull out particular themes which i think tie these things together and and you know there are in, there are structural en- entries there are cultural context entries there are case study analyses and then there's the the interview chapter which of course you did at the end neil yeah, and uh, what what I, what I really found interesting about kind of you know looking at podcasting in this way, kind of moving from making podcasts to actually kind of thinking more more deeply about it was 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 the parallels and sort of Richard alluded there in terms of radio in terms of in terms of its parallels with, with the kind of the film industry and kind of the, the shaping of the film industry and, and kind of ideas around what the medium is and then how practice has. Kind of expanded that, and and what and what that has meant in terms of the conversation and the rupture, and it, it's fascinating that you know, like every other area of kind of scholarship, that, that there is, there is already with podcasting kind of the camp of of you know trying to control and contain what it is, um, and uh, scholars who are saying, well, if you go out on this edge, you know, and you sort of listen to these podcasts, you can see that that's got nothing to do with this, and that, that people are really, you know, and a lot of it's led by kind of. Uh, 
the the people actually making podcasts and kind of not being bound by traditional ideas of what of what it can and should be um and i think that point about the bbc is really fascinating because i thought that as well yeah it's like it's it feels like it's it's taking both kind of the form of the podcast but also the the the, the way that they're listened to really seriously and understanding that actually yeah. the podcast kind of signifies almost like how sound will be listened to um sort of moving forward i don't know if that's if that's fair but uh, it definitely feels like that's something that's been kind of thought about deeply even by like the bbc yeah and i mean i think for them it's kind of a it's actually marks a cultural shift for them that they recognize that podcasts are something that actually are distinct and important and really really relevant so they've kind of pivoted their kind of their operation as you say yeah and i want to talk a little bit more about the pivot because i think uh, the pivot is really interesting uh, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll come back to that you know we talked there kind of almost an abstract into or a move in terms of what what the study of podcasting is and what a podcast is but what what, what do we think as people who listen and kind of write about and uh, make podcasts what do you know what, what do we think the the medium and the culture is uh, at present who wants to go first for me, I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, there's quite a lot, well, for me, there's quite a lot to sort of think about there. So I'll just offer a couple of starting points. I mean, what what is interesting for me is the way that the, the podcasting draws upon quite traditional forms of communication, particularly if we're talking about podcasts that have a you know conversational element to it, but also drama or storytelling podcasts. I mean, as as, as you both know, you know, the idea of radio drama is something that goes back right to the beginning of the medium. And, and one of the most popular aspects of, of podcasting has been this sort of resurgence of dramaturgy, let's say audio dramaturgy, but also the idea of the interview, as you alluded to, Neil, and people having a, a conversation, the notion of the podcast space as a dialectic opens up this idea of the podcast as a, as a public sphere, or maybe the sort of the best realization of what the internet was supposed to be when it first came along as a new public sphere and i think what you know some of the things that we're having to come to terms with about what the implications of the internet are you know and this 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 covers all aspects of the internet and particularly things like social media the kind of conversation we have on so on social media really is not the idealized forum for for debate and working through issues and ideas and, and inf- information transfer that perhaps the, those who invented the internet first envisaged. And what I like about podcasting is the way that it creates this kind of space where you have to return to this dialectic processing of information. And and I write about in my piece this notion of the conditionality of meaning, which I think is a, a really interesting aspect where listeners seem to have a, a little bit more flexibility in terms of their appreciation of what is being said and what is being kind of um, talked about as as a subject area. So that, that that's one one element for for me. Um, and and just you know very very quickly, I think that the I mean one of the one of the the key aspects I think is the whole infrastructure of podcasting. It seems to have come through a, a kind of strange invention in terms of the iTunes infrastructure being this base place where people just uploaded um, their audio and, and and then shared that out for free. There was no there was no sort of seeming thinking behind that, and you can see still see the remnants of that in terms of the iTunes infrastructure. It hasn't been developed really in any way, shape, or form. So we have we've had this sort of evolution where. 
big names and star vehicles sit, sit alongside somebody just recording in their bedroom about the subject that they like. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that's changing right now where in terms of the crossover to the mainstream. So, so the big players are now taking much more of the space than they used to. So maybe we're moving into a phase where, where podcasting is becoming more institutionalized rather than the sort of cult status that it, that it, that it has had in the past 10, 15 years. Yeah, I think that's something that I've definitely noticed uh, recently. You know, it kind of goes back to the idea of the pivot and ha- and how so many institutions are kind of pivoting, and and also how many how many figures, you know, how many kind of celebrities and kind of cultural figures are, have kind of pivoted to podcasting, and and how, yeah, kind of you know on a, on a podcast provider or a podcast network, it's largely faces that you recognise. There's a very visual element in terms of how podcasts are marketed ironically it's like this is a person that you recognize who is talking about something um and and how it's almost become you know well it has become a kind of an industry of you know sort of kind of producers and production companies kind of basically making podcasts for celebrities and people like that you know to just for whatever um, and then selling it through advertising and attracting advertising because of the name recognition of those people and it merely acting as a kind of arm of what those people do which you know i think is is fascinating and, and again in line with with so many other kind of ways that mediums have been developed and we kind of co-opted and and i, I do think that, that 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 we are we are ending the period where like you say someone could sit and talk about star trek in their bedroom for 85 episodes and and sit alongside mark Marin you know in 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 that chart because it feels like that that you know that that the people are searching for a way to make make money make it part a, a real business concern of uh, personalities or institutions and I, I want to talk a little bit more about pod, podcast networks and one in particular a bit later on but I'll let Richard kind of chime in and see if that's yeah I mean I think yeah there's a, there's a lot I, I kind of agree with uh, part of me sort of the sort of the the, the democrat in me kind of is, is a little bit uneasy the fact that kind of um some of this professional content will push out the they say the guy in his bedroom talking about star trek because i think absolutely yeah. i think that's kind of that's important for the space mm. as we know some of this content that it does kind of it can roll up you know if you look at um podcasts like law um which is an american storytelling podcast um that i don't know if you're familiar with but kind of a guy starting it by himself because he was interested um became professional and kind of then sold the sold the sold the rights effectively to Amazon Studios. So you know that, that that those stories can happen still whether they can still happen as you say in a space where it's kind of crowded out by networks and professionals. But I think what's telling about these big names arriving and you know you can look and see all the dramas and the big name actors there and celebrities doing podcasts um kathleen collins talks about it in her chapter that some of these people are now coming straight to podcasting when perhaps previously they would have been doing the rounds of pitches with with the tv networks and trying to find themselves ways of getting on on television or or on radio and now they are kind of breaking out by themselves and doing this really quirky and original stuff um possibly at the same time as still being on on television or on the radio. So I think this is kind of a there's something there about the credibility now of podcasting. 
feels like it's an edgy space in a way that kind of you know late night channel four or late night bbc two doesn't offer anymore so yeah i think that's an interesting point in terms of what's what's afforded a certain type of personality in a podcast space yeah yeah but also on that, I was reading the other day that now the big, some of the big corporations see, pod, particularly TV with Netflix and stuff like that, they see podcasting as a cheap way to pilot. Hmm. So if they get like a series, they can make a series of pod, uh, podcasts and if they think the subject area yeah. is is viable for TV, then they will transpose it for TV rather than going, having that outlay. So again, that's part of the, the way in which the commercial optimization of a medium for its own benefits is happening um, to podcasting and I think you know it's very difficult for audiences and I think we're, you know we'll come to talking about audiences because I think that's a key element um, of how to understand where, what, what podcasting is and where it is I think it's it's going to be increasingly difficult for audiences to be able to happen upon things that are interesting and different and and that's been one of the one of the great things about podcasting up, up to now but I think that's going to become increasingly difficult yeah, I mean, it, just in terms of that kind of uh, transference of content, I mean, it was ever thus the BBC have been doing that, you know, for for 50, 50 years or yeah. more, you know, developing content in radio where there's a bit less risk, it's a bit cheaper, and then think, okay, well, let's put these guys on, on the telly. Yeah, sure. But I think, but I think you know, discovery, as you say, I think that's the biggest challenge for podcasting now, exactly how you find find the content in, in amongst everything else. You know, you can... You know, unless you know it's there, then you might miss stuff. You know, there is so much content out there; it is impossible for for most people to keep up. And I think that that is a risk. I think you know, moving mm. forwards, but for for us, yeah. you know, as academics, to not examine what's going on, because you know, certainly we sit around as academics at conferences and podcast academics and swap notes, and we'll walk away with. A long list of podcasts that we've missed you know <laughs> well that was one of the things we did for the uh the interviews which we'll kind of we'll, which we've also conducted which we'll talk a little bit about later on i, I don't I, I do want to talk about the challenges because i think it's really important it does uh, sort of allow us to talk about you know things like audiences and kind of and power and control but but before that because I, I don't want to i don't want to make it too negative um uh because i think that you know one of the things that, that drew us to the to this work was was a kind of love of podcasts. I wonder if you just chat a little bit about, you know, yeah. what we what we love about them. You know, what what personally, you know, what what mm-hmm. is it that's kind of attracted us to this medium as a way of uh, engaging? Yeah. Well, for me particularly, I mean, and it, it's interesting that we do a podcast that that isn't interested in, you know, commercialization per se. You know, we, we'd like to cover our costs, and we've we've taken the step of moving on to a, a Patreon page, but. You know, we're, we're academics who got full-time jobs in a- academia. And I think one of the things that, that podcasting has really sort of opened my eyes to is that idea of research and research di- dissemination through a non-written form. So, yeah, the, 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 the possibilities of using the medium to work through, you know, particular research areas and then distribute them outside of the those those traditional trajectories. Like, I always quote that, that there was a, an article I read that said that the average readership of an academic article is eight people. And, you know, working with the podcast, we have we have cultivated over time a really, really decent audience, even within the kind of academic context that, we're, that we, we do podcast. And I think it is a within higher education, it is an undiscovered country. And I think it's tie, it ties in with the whole open source access 
uh, movement and shifting those ideas of how we understand knowledge transfer and the, and the use, use of information. And, and, and just sort of on a personal note, that idea of sitting between being a theorist and a practitioner. So learning to do the editing, learning about the, the distribution aspects of it, learning to talk in a, in a, in a way that works in, in the audio form is something that has really given me an awful lot of new understanding about myself as a as as a mediating presence, let's say. Cool. Nice. Richard? Yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of, I come at this from somebody who teaches radio. So, you know, I'm teaching the future practitioners. So podcasting for me was a way of perhaps thinking about different forms of audio content. But as a kind of a production nerd, I suppose, just hearing just the variety of stuff that's out there, stuff from America, stuff from Australia, um, hear different ways of telling stories, different ways of editing and producing content. So for me, the real interesting thing is just what people are doing with it and just observing, I think, how, how it is changing. It's becoming... I think there's a definite sense of a swagger now, I think, with podcasting. It kind of it knows what it is. It knows what it needs to do. Um, and whilst I think some of the rules are still being written, I think it's coming a long way from, you know, the days of the, the daily source code, you know, which is kind of was, was a template for a while. And I think it's kind of moved on now. I think, you know, Serial has stamped its authority and Mark Maron has stamped his. And I think there's a real sense that this is something really interesting I think so when I listen and I've got I should have think how many subscriptions I've got but my feed is all kinds of things you know it's this the discussion stuff you're talking about it's kind of big broadcasters and then the the little guy is kind of making stuff by themselves so I think for me, the thing that's interesting is just that diversity of, of voice that's there. Great. Yeah, just a, I just had a thought there because I think it's, you know, I mean, it's only ever going to be anecdotal, but I just wondered what what your experience of podcasts in the classroom was. You know, like you're, you're kind of talking about, I mean, I talk about podcasts a lot in class, but it's about content, whereas I guess you're talking about the form in a different way. You know, have you seen, do you, do you see a kind of a positive response? How do How do young people respond to you know kind of podcasting and and you know are they excited by it, i guess you know the ones you teach yeah absolutely i mean it's i've noticed this probably certainly over the past three years i would say because you always ask you know when you start a new class with with a group of radio students you say well what do you listen to you know in the same way probably you guys say well you know what films do you watch and what i've noticed is that there's still a bit of traditional old-fashioned radio listening more and more they're listening to podcasts and often podcasts you've never heard of something really niching in games or something like that or some film podcast and they they are more and more listening to them and i think as well they see the possibilities of, of making them and we have podcasters you know amongst our students and it's becoming more of a thing that i think people are aware of i did some teaching this year on our journalism degree and, and ran a session for a group of third year fashion journalism students. So they've made a podcast this year as part of part of their coursework. So I think, yeah, students are listening more and more to podcasts and they're seeing audio as, as something that's not always radio. And I think in some ways that's quite positive, particularly 
when we're looking to teach them you know documentary craft and and drama you know that that they're seeing this now as something actually yes i am listening to drama because i'm listening to to night vale or bronzetown and all those other kind of podcasts cool yeah i like i i like to think of podcasting in a, in a similar way to film in the sense that you know that it's it's less reliant on a, a kind of an overarching structure in order to get it out there you know it's not like tv or radio where you make something and it kind of is abstract and unless you get a bandwidth or you pay for a you know you pay for the you know the slot or the channel there is the potential for the direct relationship between the creator and the audience which is you know kind of very much a part of film as i have experienced it kind of you know starting making film in the mid 90s you know with video and um and kind of the burgeoning internet you know that this idea that you make it and you put it out there and that there is that kind of that potential to to reach audiences in a different way which i think is i find really exciting you know that's one of the things i like about podcasting is the sense of i'm i'm i feel which is kind of only a, a subjective feeling i think but i feel a connection to the people who've made it um in a different way than i you know you feel less of a production even though it's produced less less like i'm working on something which is produced by a team even if it is you know there is that that kind of which you get from independent cinema i think as well you know the sense that there's us and the creators you know as an audience which i, I find really exciting yeah no i think i think that's absolutely right i mean i kind of commented before i think with a lot of podcasts there's this sense of stronger sense of intimacy we talk about radio as being really intimate and i kind of argue that podcasts have this almost hyper sense of intimacy because people are kind of talking from the heart or they say well hey i'm recording this i'm recording this in 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 my, in my bedroom and my house and so there's this closer sense there i think that i think audiences find really genuine it's that sense of authenticity that's really important in kind of contemporary media you know audiences like things that feel authentic and feel genuine and real rather than something that's been uh, kind of churned out as a mass product no I, th- I i agree i agree with that just as again as another re- anecdotal example and the relationship say between podcasting and, and other media i think it's really fascinating to me and there's there is work to be done on this how podcasting has revitalized the star interview i mean if you think back in the day on the bbc on radio and on on television that idea of having a big name who would open up for an hour you know and really get in depth and and you could really get behind the scenes as as has been replaced by this sort of you know the 10 minute press junket mentality where people there are there to sell something and they've got their down pat answers and i think that you know obviously we've mentioned marin quite a lot but but you know there are a lot of podcasts now that that will have people on for an hour and you can really tell those ones who have embraced the the circumstance that they're in in terms of this interview and, and given over a little bit more than, than perhaps ordinarily would and the ones who have still got their guard up and i think that podcasting has really sort of revitalized that that idea of the of getting you know under somebody's skin in a way that and, and I, I can't really account for why that that has happened but it just seems to be that that thing where that there is a I think maybe it's to do with a, a sense that there is a, a genuine good faith in the interview like somebody like Marin has built built up over time that he is not taking things out of context or he's not you know there's not an angle there he he's, he just wants to be you know, have an honest conversation and yeah. communicate. And I think in this day and age where we are all struggling to communicate, I think it, it, it does provide that. 
I yeah, think technology um, plays a part of that as well. Sorry, Richard, I'll just, uh, you know, in the sense that it's, there's no camera, there's no audience, largely, you know, that it's yeah. it's two people in a room and the microphone is maybe less obtrusive than a camera, you know, and there's, it kind of almost affords itself that intimacy as well. Sorry, Richard, you, you, you were going to say yeah. something. No, I was going to say, I mean, obviously one of our chapters, that Kathleen Collins talks about this in her chapter about um, these kind of comedy interview podcasts, you know, like, like Myron and, and others. And I think it's that, it is that, again, it's that sense of authenticity and openness. And, you know, if you, um, Dario's observed, I think, on, on uh, in a blog about um, the Mark Maron's TV series, or he kind of, he, he just does rib this for the radio industry, you know, that uh, we, we have to interrupt this interview in order to play another set of adverts or something. And I think, you know, the podcast is like, well, just talk. We'll just sit and talk. And, you know, if it takes an hour, it takes an hour. And if it takes an hour and a half, then it does. And there's, I listened to a an interview podcast um, the other day with Jodie Comer, who's in Killing Eve, and that they're chatting about stuff and and he's like, oh well I should I need to be succinct here and he's like no you don't you know just carry on and I think that is probably why a lot of actors you know are very keen to do these podcasts you look at Mark Maron and um, people like Scroobius Pip and Distraction Pieces it's a long list of really really big names who are keen to be interviewed on on these podcasts and I think that's partly about the audience but it's partly about that sense that I'm not going to be kind of mediated I'm not going to be edited down here I'm not going to find myself booted off the sofa because you know you need to get tom hanks on mm-hmm. you know that there is that space and that space then means that you're getting into into new areas and kind of you are being perhaps more sort of indiscreet and personal than you might be normally i think there's a real appeal for the audience in that yeah agreed let's move on to talk about some of the challenges then because i think as much as I love to be a, an optimist and uh, excited, the cynical <laughs> part of me, you know, sort of suggests that how long can that last in a landscape where there is literally, you know, hundreds of the same thing? And, and when the press tour becomes, you know, not a junket and maybe two hour long interviews, but requests for 10, 15 hour long interviews. And then while it feels really exciting now and mm. certainly kind of intimate and part of me thinks, well, you know, if that's the direction of travel, that's unsustainable. In a, in... So do we feel like that's going to hit a point where just there's going to be so many competing, you know, in-depth hour long podcasts, which is why it always worked on the BBC or, you know, those kind of arts channels, because it was the only the only time. And I guess that we're kind of in that window now. And if anyone wants to respond to that, but also kind of what, what are some of the other challenges that we think that podcasting kind of faces in the in the, the short to medium future? The challenge, I think, is not sounding the same. I think, you know, (laughs) post-serial, so many podcasts tried to sound like serial and they all failed because, you know, it's kind of it was something that was distinct and and in the moment. And it is what it is. It is serial. Um, And loads of people try and copy Mark Maron and they can't because he's Mark Maron and he does what he does. And that's his thing. So I think the challenge will be that con- constant sense of kind of reinvention and what can we do and how can we push forward, you know, some challenges. And I think for me, one of the things that actually hallmarks podcasting is innovation. It's that sense that we can do something different here and something that we can't do in other media. point a lot to um, a British podcast called Griefcast, um, which essentially is a comedian talking to other comedians about death and you think oh, you just you wouldn't put that on the television and you wouldn't put it on the radio but 
it's a fantastic podcast it's a successful podcast and it does that because it's got a wonderful light touch to it but because it's nothing you've heard before so i think the challenge will be that sense in which future producers churn out content that we've never heard before and then find ways that will let listeners discover it because we mentioned itunes and you know the whole itunes chart metric is completely broken because it relies on traditional media promoting you so if you're a big star you know you put out a tweet and say hey i've got a brand new podcast you know within 20 minutes or whatever you're number one in the itunes chart and that completely kind of masks you know the people who've been doing it for years and have you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands millions of really loyal subscribers who've been there for years so I think one of the challenges is going to be better data that will help us better understand actually what the true picture is. And I think once we get that, actually what we might find is is these celebrity podcasts are not quite as popular as we think they are. Mm. And actually maybe the guy in his bedroom talking about Star Trek actually is really successful in, in what he does. Um, but we just don't get to know about it because of the way in which we see that that data. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. The whole iTunes chart thing, really. I mean, I used to sort of look at it, and now I just completely ignore it. There's, there's stuff up there that, that, that is, you know, on in the top 200 sort of film podcasts that have got two episodes on it and hasn't, you know, hasn't aired for three years. It's just, it's just pointless. I think one of the things for me is that the discussion, particularly, I mean, America does dominate, you know, as it does in, my, in most areas, but it, it really is a sort of sector over there. And... I think that the the conversation that's coming out of that is the is the notion of monetization. That seems to be at the top of everyone's lips. How do we monetize the podcast? And again, you know, there's there's all the kind of questions around that in terms of subscription, in terms of advertising. I mean, I really some some pe- some podcasts have kind of managed to do it in an interesting way, but I really don't like listening to advertisements on on podcasting. But how do you make how do people make money out of them but is that coming at the expense of the creativity that that Richard was talking about Mm. I think podcasting has has a similar issue in terms of maintaining ecosystems so you know you will people will because you've got to in a sense search out the podcast that you like it's very very difficult to come up again to come up to something that you wouldn't automatically know that you would listen to you know, I mean, I, I do it, but it's a real chore to sort of listen to something for 15, 20 minutes to get a sense of whether you think it's good or not. So that's that's quite difficult. I don't know whether there's going to be any way around that. I think on the one hand, yes, there's two sort of um, there's two parts to po- some of the challenges of podcasting that are pulling pulling in opposite directions. So you do have this corporatization, monetization discourse on the other sort of side of it. Yeah, the guy in his bedroom, you know, talking about Star Trek, I think that that's great in one sense, but it can lead to this sort of niche fandom and a real sort of uh, pretentious is not the right word, but but I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to listen to something that is over and over again the same the same person talking about the same cultural text for 150 episodes. And I know some people will listen to that, but it do, what that does is it crowds out again. It just it creates more stuff and and fi- finds it di- makes it difficult for people to find sort of really genuinely interesting things in between those so i think there's there's kind of like a a sweet spot in the middle and i don't know (laughs) how you sort of bring that to the fore i don't know whether that's that's even possible so 
you know, I think there's the, the, there's there's lots of issues, and and again, you know, we'll probably talk about this a, a little bit more. Is is the notion of the fra- uh, the fracturing of audiences more broadly in in, in media, carving out an audience and you having to use social media, and we've come we've come across this problem with the cinematologist is that you know you get a great influx of listeners through Twitter or through Facebook, but then you can hit a plateau and it's difficult to know where where to go to find more listeners beyond just hoping that word of mouth will do it. Cool. Lots of good stuff there. Yeah, just to the, to kind of to add, you know, one of the things that does worry me is, you know, kind of explicitly that the, the rise of networks kind of controlling and creating a lot, a lot of very, very similar content um, and knowing audiences' proclivity for... For formulate content, maybe. Well, not necessarily for formulate content, um, although it kind of how it's that's generally what it is. But um, an easy, an easy life, I guess. You know, I'm looking for an academic word, but you know, a convenience. You know, the convenience of 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 kind of having everything in one place. You know, and that being programs that produce very similarly with similar content. You know, something like I don't know the Ringer network of podcasts, which is essentially you know one or two good individual shows, and the rest is. A, a, a podcast accompaniment to an article where you get another voice in to discuss with the writer and the editor basically rehash the article in audio form and then there's a proliferation of shows and it feels like they're just kind of throwing so much at the wall and seeing what sticks you know so you've got that kind of very buzzfeed culture of listicles you know like the, there's a coen brothers movie out let's do the top five coen brothers movies of the, the these three writers and it's mm-hmm. the same writers that are popping up on every show so it's the same voices you know but but there's a kind of overwhelming kind of amount of content that makes you feel like it's important simply because it's it's so kind of uh, present you know and that's uh, and that seems to be happening a lot in terms of yeah a, a, a kind of a shift from going yeah. out and finding people making podcasts to kind of almost an in-house production you know kind of and then say well we need a sports podcast we need a we did a politics podcast, you know, they all sound the same. And then you go and you go, oh, I can get all my podcasts on this. And I think that is, again, just, you know, the the, the kind of the independent in me just kind of uh, worries about what that means in terms of finding, you know, the things that we've all talked about, which is the interesting and the, the innovative and the exciting. So the point you made there about, there about having to find this stuff, there is always a reliance on the audience to 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 discover and, and I think that what networks are doing really really well from a business point of view is saying like you know you can listen to any podcast along here and because you've listened to one on, on our network you know mm. the format the tone the banter you you know all that stuff so it's easier to make that decision of well I'm going to like this because I already like this and um, that that to me is never a good thing for culture <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean I, I tend to agree with that and I think my worry would be is that as these networks grow and thankfully so far none of them have done this they say well hey look you know you, you like our shows then download our app and you can listen to some other shows on there but you know where, where they start to box them off into a kind of almost a private part of the internet and that that would be a real worry and obviously the bbc you know you mentioned bbc sounds earlier you know there's something that, that they're doing so they've got a whole bunch of shows on the app and they're now adding some other shows on there and I think there's some real risk, you know, is kind of how, particularly the BBC, how they kind of gatekeep that content and manage that content, because it's never going to be completely open, is it? So I think you're right, that's a real risk is that, you know, some of these networks, you know, then become a destination, you know, and yeah. there's that whole, every time you 
open up an article on podcasting in a minute. They all say, we're looking for the Netflix of audio, the Netflix of podcasts. Are we going to get it in 2019? And I really hope we don't because <laughs> because then that, that means that if you're not there, then then you, you don't exist. And yeah. if they then say, well, okay, look, we are the Netflix of podcasts, but it'll cost you $50 to get listed. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. dollars podcasts without fifty dollars kicking around are not going to get the access that that really that they deserve. Yeah. So I guess this leads us into the last thing we'll really talk about, which is you know our role as as scholars and academics, you know, and the challenges we face in terms of you know where we prioritize what we talk about, what we think about in terms of podcasting. What 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 do we see as the challenges that face the the scholarship of podcasts? I guess it, it's sort of moving forward with this sense of of understand or working within within the realm of a podcast studies and sort of defining that in your own mind as to what what that is and then thinking about it in terms of what, where everybody else is with their research. I mean, it's interesting to think about it in terms of the other disciplinary histories around sound, so sound studies and radio studies, and sort of ma- marking that territory in terms of where it is in relation to those but I think what's interesting about our book is a lot of the writers have come from areas that have not come from radio yeah and they're just talking about podcasting without that reference to to radio now radio study scholars might say well you've got to do that but you know you don't have to have to do that it can come from a different entry point and I think that the idea of coming from a different entry point is really interesting I think one of the issues again a little bit similar to the way that video essays and cinema have a relationship I think the idea of doing the research, but having to write then journal articles and write books about it is kind of counterintuitive. So so really backing backing the idea of using podcasts to talk about podcasting in an academic way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going to sort of think, of, that's my sort of next project the next year and a bit is maybe to try and think about how we could come, how we could maybe produce a platform you know, like a, a, a um, an anchor or a Lipsyn or something like that, but that's specifically for for academics and would actually encourage academics to make podcasts, even though if they don't come from a an audio background, helping that take take place. And I think you know, just just placing placing podcasting within the history and the disciplinary subsets of media and cultural studies and sociology and all of those things is just a process that that for me we're really at the beginning of so you know things like the neoliberalization of the media globalization digital capitalism like for example can podcasting truly be a global medium when you know the language barrier is always going to be an issue if you're if you're just talking talking about audio and I think you know Look, looking at things as, as as sort of broad as the environmental impact of, of podcasting because it is fundamentally dependent on the smartphone. So is it still a, always going to be an elitist medium because of that? There's so many different areas I think that that the study of podcasting needs to go into, and I and we are really at at, at the beginning of it. Even though I know Richard, you've talked about it being at a, a sort of medium stage of maturity, but I tend to think it's still in academic terms right at the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think in you know, academic there's terms you know there's a lot of work still to be done and I think that there are kind of parallels I think with radio studies certainly when I go to radio studies conferences often I, I can be alone in kind of being the person that person on the panel who's actually teaching teaching radio every day you know because people are coming at it from so many different 
angles and different perspectives. They're sociologists, they're broadly media studies, cultural studies, um, lecturers, professors, academics, researchers. And I think the thing about the book, I think, as you say, is actually that diversity, people are coming at it from different disciplines, you know, and they're coming at it because, hey, this is something that I'm interested in. This is, I listen to podcasts, so I'm interested in it, but I'm going to take um, a different perspective on that, whether that's, you know, using kind of media histories or fe- feminism or cultural studies or ethnography. So I think that will be the really interesting thing as, as that develops, if you like, but they, we start to build sort of a common set of languages and uh, points at which we can kind of hold these conversations. And I think in terms of kind of next steps, I think what will be interesting is, you know, how it breaks out, as you say, of the the English speaking world. You know, there are quite a lot of Spanish academics writing about podcasting. There's a couple of people in, in Germany and Poland, but I'm not seeing much kind of coming out of other countries, you know, so South America. There's a bit in Scandinavia as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, a bit in Scandinavia. Norway, Denmark and Holland. Yeah, and what would be interesting to see is kind of, you know, what we see coming out of East Asia as well, out of China and Hong Kong and places like that. So I think that will be the next kind of step is actually, you know, is is it, is it really just an American NPR type thing or actually mm. is podcasting, you know, as diverse and expansive as blogging or youtube or kind of you know general internet content cool yeah just uh, before we right there just as a kind of note on that uh, a little anecdote from when i did some podcast training recently and i asked someone you know i asked everyone what their favorite podcast was and and one someone said that it was this french music podcast i can't remember the name of it i did write it down and it was just you know kind of two people talking about music and then playing music and uh, the person isn't didn't you know didn't speak french at all and, and a lot of the music was french music but but again kind of speaking to this kind of sense of intimacy and sense of kind of exploration they just sort of stumbled upon it and found it a really kind of soothing and kind of yeah kind of meditative experience uh, it, you know punctuated with these new sounds you know the music sounds which kind of they're real kind of music fans so it was really fascinating because I think that it kind of spoke to podcasting contains the possibility to to reach out and do that but again it will be probably met with the usual kind of you know anxieties about not understanding or on a very very basic kind of idea of understanding um that might hold it back which I think would be would be a real shame I mean but I I guess we'll just we'll kind of wrap up really um and uh, just to kind of to kind of to round off, I think, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the beginning of the medium and the beginning of, of kind of a podcast studies. And, you know, I think it is important to just iterate that when we started this project, we saw this book as as part of a beginning, not certainly not as a final word, certainly not as the definitive kind of book about podcasting, but but one that, that started to seriously bring together different voices and different ideas about what podcast studies could be. So uh, hopefully, you know, this conversation has helped people start to think, start to think about what, what we mean by podcast studies and the kind of things that, that the book kind of goes into. And it definitely does have an interdisciplinarity to it, which I think I'm very proud of. And I know that our conversations, we've been very proud that we've been able to do that. I guess that... Um, to close, I'll just ask how you found kind of interviewing the the people. The book is uh, sort of three chapters of which uh, three sections, sorry, that of, that we oversaw the editing of sort of individually and then sort of collectively we, we we did the book. But uh, as as part of our kind of commitment to the the podcast project, as we might call it, there is this podcast, but there are also three others which kind of are are a series of interviews that we've conducted with those 
those uh, scholars and practitioners that have contributed to to the sections we oversaw. So I guess just uh, to end, if you, just a quick kind of roundup of, of, of what, what you guys found kind of in those uh, in those interviews and what people could look forward to if they if they've enjoyed this and want to listen to the other content that we're putting out. Well, I mean, first of all, I think it actually epitomised what I find great about podcasting, talking to the authors, in in that there was a dialectic with them about the things that they were writing about. So it was almost more satisfying talking to them and deconstructing some of the ideas that they they had in the book because I'm really in, interested in this in this idea of that the, the text has a stasis it's almost because it's written down it's an anchoring point and what audio allows you to do is work through and challenge and discuss with the authors what it is that they're actually trying to say and, and get them perhaps to unpack certain certain aspects of it and I think that that my particular section you know that it was very much focused on the structure of podcasting and the kind of economic aspects of it and I think that you know that obviously is a really clear strand of, of study going forward and yeah I think all all three of the authors were really were really clear that that and the same as us that there was so much further to go and so so many more areas to 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 look at so that that was kind of gratifying that I think that they they understood or they were on board with our way of thinking, which I, which is why I think that the, the sort of book comes together in a, in a complementary way quite well. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of, I think it was about that diversity of the medium, you know, that they were writing about different podcasts. In the case of Robbie Wilson and the final chapter of the book, he was talking about his own work and his own practice, and his art practice and how podcasting kind of fits into that and I think for me that kind of is a, a good way of closing the book because it actually it talks about how podcasts can be viewed as something different than just a form of, of media production which is generally the lens in which we we generally view podcasts so I think you know it was interesting kind of talking to them about their work and actually how kind of podcasts enable them to kind of talk about previous work in the case of uh, Kathleen Collins chapter about the um, the comedian hosts but also then that really deep sense for, for Stacey's work about the heart which was really a fascinating interview to do because it really kind of explored this kind of quite provocative kind of podcast um, that has been made a little bit more contemporary because she's now moved on and done, done some different things with, with the shadows and uh, CBC so I think you know, really interesting talking to them about about their work, and you know, I think it really does. Really, I think all the chapters show that real diversity of the medium and how these different academics are intersecting with it and coming at it from different angles. But you know, all talking about the the, the thing that we can put under one roof, which I think is really cool. Great, yeah, I think that's um, that's pretty much what you know. The, that kind of sums up my my experiences and feelings as well you know just seeing through kind of academics really kind of fascinated and excited kind of interrogation of something that they're interested in that just happened to be a podcast was a really kind of kind of enlightening way of of seeing how how people from different disciplines be it kind of psychology or cultural studies or you know kind of ecology and journalism and things like that kind of approach the form you know, and how it kind of almost expanded, like the understanding of the form. Like, say, when when people from different backgrounds and approaches look at a podcast and what podcast is doing, um, 
in terms of the ideas contained within it and uh, from such a variety of different starting points so yeah and as well you know just it, it was nice to talk to them you know as well I think that we we went through a very you know a very traditional kind of academic process of putting a book together and editing it you know and everything was you know online and emails and mm. then at the end of it all kind of able to talk to the people that we'd put this thing together with was was really exciting and refreshing and yeah I think you're right Daria kind of a reminder of what we're interested in terms of audio and sound and podcasting is that the ability to explore be that kind of formally or informally um, with 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 other human beings you know it's almost a return or feels like a return or you know return necessarily but a, a reaction against a kind of increasingly digital uh, interaction system in, in academia you could literally have done this without ever talking to another human being and when we didn't talk to each other until uh, as a group until we recorded this um because of because <laughs> of the the kind of demands of, of of both academic and personal lives so it's been it's been really great to to kind of bring this all together great and thanks for organizing and leading this discussion neil yeah lovely it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure working with you both and uh, hopefully people will enjoy this and uh, and the book thanks very much Hi.